0: house lights down welcome to post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem i am jim and i'm with my friend eric who preaches past sunday at liberty church collingswood eric how you doing buddy i'm
1: doing okay my uh family is working its way out of some sickness yeah both girls pretty down over the weekend my wife and i are feeling it a little bit so if i have a little bit of a froggy voice that might be why. By God's grace, I made it through Sunday morning. I was a little nervous. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, so I'm glad. Course. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, it actually it has gotten worse since then. So I'm glad uh-huh. that I was able to make it through Make it through that. But uh, but I think I'm in the same boat with pretty much every other parent of like little children in yep. the country right now. It seems like everybody's sick. So such, yep. such, a, such a life this time of year.
0: Yeah. Well, we press ahead. And uh, if you heard Eric's sermon on Sunday, we wouldn't have guessed that there was any sickness or anything like that going on, because you've pulled everything off very, very well. Thanks, man. And uh, happy to talk in a little more detail about all that good stuff. You were in Numbers chapter 24, (laughs) verses 10 to 19. How often have you preached from Balaam's oracles before (laughs)
1: So I have never preached from Balaam's oracles before, and uh, much like my passage that you gave me last time, I preached. Uh, neither has Tim Keller apparently ever preached oh, no! from Numbers twenty four. I can't find any sermons that people have preached on these passages. Oh, you're giving—that's really me. funny. No, it's fine. Sorry about that. No, I, I, you know, you know, maybe, maybe give me something easier in, in <laughs> January, Jim. Uh,
0: let 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 the record show that you had a choice of you had no, a choice true, of Advent it's sermons. It's true. Uh, I
1: yeah. I pick based on the date that works best for me yeah. and then the, the the scripture passage chips fall where they may.
0: Yep. And and honestly at the same time I was I was happy that you took this particular Sunday because I was not looking forward to, to having a preach from numbers twenty four. So you took the bullet.
1: I took it. It was fun.
0: Yeah, well tell me more about what was so a little bit sick. What was what was brewing in and around you this past this past week as we call it Stormy Monday here? Eric, fill in, fill in some backstory.
1: Yeah. I mean, pretty straightforward, um, kind of what was going on in my heart and mind throughout the week. Um, you know, early in the week just kind of was like, oh, like what's the, like, what's the advent candle Mm -hmm. for this coming week? Oh, it's the pink one. Oh, it's joy. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Kind of jotted that down, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and yeah, and I just think as I got into the passage, um, with that in the back of my mind, all week long, joy. Yeah. A, a, I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from that, you mm-hmm. know? So um, that was kind of a theme that was just going in my heart, in my mind, all week long. Yeah. Uh, just related to the Sunday of Advent. Um, not explicitly in the passage, but, um, but but since it was the theme of the week, you know, as our, you know, elder and wife, like, lit the candle at the beginning of the service and said that, um, yeah, it just was kind of what was there. And I, and I think for me, too, like... Um, Part of what I wanted to get across, since the theme was joy, part of part of what I wanted people to hear is, you know, and this I didn't come up with this phrase obviously, but like it's okay not to be okay, you know. Yeah. It's like this time of year is a time where there's so much expectation um, to be joyful, for things to be happy and, and cheerful, and um, and not not everybody not everybody is feeling awesome all the time during during the Christmas season. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that was kind of kind of what was going on in my heart was just that juxtaposition between the holiday season, the commercials, the the movies, the music right. that's so joyful, and then people that are feeling blue, that are feeling down, and uh, just trying to let them know that it's okay, even on a Sunday when the theme is joy. <laughs> uh
0: huh. Right. And for 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 this Advent, Eric, would you say that your or to put it this way, how are you doing with joy?
1: Yeah, no, I, it, no, I think that's a, it's a good, it's a good question, Jim. Um, yeah, like I said in the sermon, I mean, there's, there's definitely like mixed emotions for me this Advent, like with, with my dad having passed just a few months ago. Um, it, you know, we were home in September for the funeral, but haven't been mm-hmm. home since. Yeah. Um, so this will be the first, like quote unquote, normal trip to Knoxville where he's gone. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in a big holiday, an important holiday. So, yeah, so there's like some blueness and some, some stuff there that's tough. Um, you know, and just parenting is hard and life is hard and, um, you know, joy comes in spurts or, or at surfaces in spurts, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so there's definitely, definitely a mixed bag of, of emotions, even in my own heart, uh, and in my family, both immediate family and extended family. Uh, yeah, during this season. So, uh, Everybody's everybody's life has complications and difficulties. Yeah, um, you know one of the one of my favorite movies. And I like to reference it when I talk about emotional health is mm-hmm. um, is the movie. Uh, oh man, was oh, that the Pixar? Thing yeah, one? the Pixar one. Now I'm gonna blank on it. Is shoot. it Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah. Okay. Where the main character Joy, who is Joy, I guess I could use that for this Sunday night. I think about it, yeah. but the main character who's Joy, and that's her emotion that she is like inside of this little girl and she learns gradually throughout the movie that, um, people are, people can't be joyful all the time that you need anger and sadness and fear. And these other emotions that she has mm-hmm. to wrestle with and, and learn that they're helpful and good. Yep. And, uh, people are, people are a mix and even every experience, every moment is a mix. So anyway, that's a little bit of a ramble, but yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling a little bit like that feeling like, a, you know, a lot of emotions, um, in different directions this season, even as we, a week from tomorrow we'll be we'll be driving in the car, so it's Crazy. coming it's coming quick, yeah
0: well, yeah, and I thought you did very nicely to bring some of those things into the sermon into a passage numbers twenty four that is not very commonly preached on I, I don't think at Liberty Collingswood we've ever done a sermon from the book of numbers i I didn't go back and check, but yeah nothing i didn't came, I
1: didn't go back and look either, but I don't think so. nothing came to mind, yeah. Yeah. It's a good it's there's there's some good stuff in there. You know, it's yeah a poorly named book, but it's a good
0: book. <laughs> Breaking new ground. So Eric, so we go into Sun Studios Present of the Lord uh, to talk about the text?
1: Yeah, let yeah, let's do it. well maybe the, the other thing that I would say on Stormy Monday, like yep. one of the things that I was burdened to get across, so we can come back to this maybe, but this might be the place to to say it was yeah. if if the one thing I wanted people to hear was it's okay not to be okay. Like one of the other things I wanted people to walk away with was just like the power of uh, like God's ordinary means of grace. Yo mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, that was good. Yeah. So I explained that's like a, I guess it's typically in the Reformed tradition. That's at least where I've experienced mm-hmm. it the most. I'm not sure Methodist or Anglican yeah. or others, yep. you know, would use that terminology, but you know, preaching or scripture prayer, sacraments, like there's real power in those things when we engage with them, participate in them, are exposed to them. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was something I was burdened to get across too, um, that like God really does like move and work in some of those like what seems like quote-unquote ordinary ways, like kind yeah. of basic ways, but uh, but they're powerful. So that was something I really wanted to get across um, to people as well. You know, we live in a, in a culture where sometimes like, you know, seeking out uh, – Experiences—it's like such a big thing with mm-hmm. whether it's like related to travel or concerts Experience or fine economy. Yeah, fine dining—you know, whatever it is—like people are so experiential, which is all good and fine, and I enjoy all those things as well. But, um, but just in a very like basic, non-crazy experiential way, like God could just be at work through like the regular preaching of the word and yep. the sacraments and prayer, and um, yeah. So that was something I really wanted people to hear was just that power of, yeah. of God's ordinary means of grace. So that was, that was kind of the other takeaway that I was feeling burdened to, uh, to get across this yeah. this week.
0: Yeah. I, I love that turn of phrase that you use about being in the way of the word. Um, that was, it was nice. Thanks man. And yeah. yeah, it's a good way of communicating just the regularity of script being saturated in, in the word of God and yeah. sticking with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even when you don't feel like it, you know, one of the things I probably could have said, during the sermon, but I didn't was like I, I can remember like so many times, and, I, and I'm thinking back to college specifically, mm-hmm. where when uh, night the night would come up, like for the church that I went to for like the college small group to meet, where like I just did not feel like going, like for yeah. whatever reason, you yeah. know what I mean? Like whether it was like I was busy and like studying or whether it was like relationship problems or sin or like whatever, I just did not. It was like not up for it. But like yeah. you go. You spend time with God's people, you hear scripture bathed over you in some form or fashion, even if it has nothing topically related to like what you're thinking or experiencing. And yeah. like, it just, like God meets you there, you know? And I just remember so many times in my past where, you know, again, college or even more recent where you show up, you do it and you walk away and, and you're like, yeah, I'm really glad that I went. Like, yep. you know, th- those things are, God, God meets you in those things. Even if, even if you're not vibing, like when you show up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's a discipline to that, and I think there is something in the cultural drinking water where hey, if if something doesn't feel good to you in the moment, then just don't do it. Right, because it's inauthentic or, or whatever. But we don't treat like physical exercise like that. I was about to say, um, yeah. yeah. Except <laughs>
1: there's one major area yeah. of life where we don't. That is not the case. It's, right. It's you better be at the gym six days a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But then the flip side is, and I finger pointed at me as much as anybody, but, but I can be in spiritual gray zones or dry periods. Yeah. But then, if I ask myself, well, am I putting myself in the way of the means of grace? Yeah. Am I, am I still trying diligently to like stay in scripture, stay in prayer? Yeah. Uh, focus on pub- public worship. Uh, take the Lord's Supper seriously. Too often, it's like no. Yeah. <laughs> that's right what what do we expect if if we're not yeah in in those means yeah definitely yep sun studios presence of the lord numbers 24 you did a really good job in the sermon of setting setting context for what's come come before in, in the book of numbers and i think that makes all the sense in the world because i don't think there's a lot of folks at Liberty Collingswood that Yeah know a ton about about the book of Numbers. So how you want to jump in? What what struck you when you were studying this passage last week? What did you see as some main takeaways that you tried to get across from the text?
1: Yeah, I mean and you kinda hit the nail on the head too for just like what was challenging. Um you know I I think in, in, in like our preaching, you know, Google doc that we have, Mm -hmm. um, you had just wrote down like numbers 24, like 15 to 19, which is like the Oracle itself. And I was like, okay, like, that's good. We're there. All right. But like, what do I want to include? Yeah. Like what, uh, you know, surrounding context do I want to include in like the scripture reading? Yep. Let alone like what larger literary historical context do I need to include or explain mm-hmm. or read or whatever to um to try to like set set the table. So that was that was definitely um a challenge and like trying to teeter on that line of like I don't wanna I wanna say enough that like the points I want to get across make sense and don't feel like the connection isn't there. Yeah. But also don't want to like get lost in the weeds of saying too much. Right. Um so there's kind of a fine line. So that was that was a challenge um with the passage. I mean these these chapters Twenty one to twenty four, which is the story of Balaam and Balak. Um some commentators would call called it the Book of Balaam, like inside of oh, like the, the okay. Book of Numbers. Yeah. Um so yeah, so you kinda have these like chapters that are kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um they they fit um in in the in the narrative flow of the book of Numbers. I mean, because the people when when all this happens are, are encamped on the plains of Moab, which you see. Into chapter twenty and it picks up chapter twenty-five. But mm-hmm. otherwise, like they're kind of their own thing. Yep. Um, which is really unique and kind of strange. Like it's a, yeah it's a unique and strange series of chapters within a, a book that's kind of lesser known, less frequently read, yeah. Less frequently preached mm-hmm. than many other books, even even other Old Testament books. So um, yes, yeah, so it was a challenge in, in, in those ways, but it was fun. I mean, like part of that was Part of that challenge was also interesting, you know, to me this week. Um and 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 fun to work on. And in terms of things that stuck out, I mean I have a number of things um written down here. Mm -hmm. I can I can maybe I can maybe hit one and 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 we can dialogue there or keep going. But I think one of the big ones that stuck out to me at the very beginning, and this is where oh man, I guess all three of these really. Never mind. But yeah, but the but the first one that stuck out to me when I was reading the passage was just this whole idea of, like, God's word, God's voice, God's truth, God's promises, Mm -hmm. like, coming through the mouth of this, like, pagan divination expert, like, from Mesopotamia, who's like, he's a foreigner, he's not a God follower, he's, you know, his, uh, not, not only is his profession, like, frowned upon but like is explicitly like in other parts of the old testament like declared as like not good yeah um but like god uses him and 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 it even says the holy spirit like stirred up within him to speak these oracles um and that was that's just fascinating
0: that was really interesting i I was definitely going to ask about that if if you hadn't brought it up Uh, so i don't think i've ever studied in depth this portion of the book of numbers so I think I've been assuming that Balaam was a god follower but uh, the way that you put it on Sunday morning it makes sense that I was just assuming that and I, I probably shouldn't have so yeah was it at, like 50-50 what some people think yeah for sure yeah okay. if you read
1: yeah if you read commentators there's a debate back and forth and yeah. pretty much every commentary I looked at like maybe three different commentaries and like everyone like yeah. they touched on it some as you can imagine Jim touched on it for a couple sentences and some for pages and yep. pages and pages. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so there's like a, a, a split there. I mean, I think, but, but again, and I said this during the this sermon, like, I don't know if it matters like for like what the text is saying that to us. That was skillfully said. Yeah. Um, because what is clear is that God is, God speaks through him mm-hmm. and chooses to speak through him, whether or not he was, he was a God fearer or not. Yeah. Um, but one of the other things that stuck out to me that goes along with that that is is one of the things that as maybe one of the main arguments to say that he was a god fear is that all the way back in chapter twenty one I believe it's right when Balak first recruits him, like Balaam says right off the bat like Hey I'm only gonna I'm only gonna say like what God tells me to say right and and and, yeah. and that's repeated okay. a couple of different times. Mm-hmm um in 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 this book of Balaam in these chapters and then again is repeated in question form where he just says it back to to Balak after the third oracle when Balak's like royally peeved after like the third time yep and this he says didn't on, I right? didn't I tell you like yeah. I was only gonna speak like right what, like what God told me to speak I was only gonna bless if he said to bless or curse if he said to curse like a you know even if you gave me all the gold in the world like I'm not gonna go yeah. against that you know right. Um, which, which again is like, is evidence in, in the other direction. So it's kind of evidence in both directions. But, um, but that's a fascinating thing too. Just his commitment um, to speak only what God put in his mouth, despite like external pressures and external expectations. Yeah. I mean, he's standing in front of Moabites and a king, the king of Moab, Moab, who is paying him yep. like to give these oracles, and yet yeah. he still is committed only speaking what he thinks is right and what God has put in his mouth. So that's that's commendable too. So those are kind of two different points there yeah. that are interesting.
0: With related to, to both of those, and my my hunch and I haven't, like I said earlier, done commentary work here, but Eric, both of us or and this hasn't this isn't an insight that originates with full-time Liberty Callings with staff, but but we can perceive sometimes in the history of interpretation this desire to find good guys in the bible Mm. and sometimes it's just better to let people have warts because that's how they're being portrayed in the scriptures and it's kind of more encouraging that way that like hey these people aren't perfect and god blesses uses imperfect people instead of the perfect ones i i wonder if maybe Some of the, hey, Balaam must have been a prophet of God, a God follower, stems from some of that inclination. Maybe not, but then it's actually more encouraging, I think, to know that God uses his word apart from requiring perfect motivation uh, on on the part of how God chooses to reveal himself. So he's, he's at work beyond us, apart from us. And that's better news.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, this isn't a pastor podcast. So, I mean, we're pastors, but this isn't for mm-hmm. pastors necessarily. But, like, as a minister, like, being able to stand up in the pulpit and, like, preach or stand in front of a small group or Sunday school class and teach mm-hmm. um, with this in the background, like, that gives me more confidence to yep. speak. Yeah. To say, like, hey, God can use me. Right. If he can use Balaam. If he can use Balaam's donkey. If he can use a burning yeah. Bush. If he can use the gentle whisper on the wind, if he can use, you know, the list could go on. Uh All of these different things, then good grief, then like that gives me at least a little confidence to stand up here Yeah, having prayerfully prepared a message Mm -hmm. to know that like God can use the words that come out of my mouth, right? which are hopefully by God's grace put there by his spirit. So, yeah, I think it gives more confidence to in some ways that um, he spoke through an unworthy man to an unworthy people Mm -hmm. um, that's, I mean – it's pretty much what we do every Sunday. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. And one, one, one tidbit about that. if, 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 if Woves, if you haven't read the story of Balaam and Balaam's donkey, go take a look at it. Yeah. It's, it it's pretty crazy. When when I was in seminary, there was a contingent, a minority contingent of students. And I think I, this is inside baseball about seminaries. I, I think it's typical everywhere where there's always, like, one section of the student body that's disgruntled about how the seminary is – Going to the wolves and and oh, like way sure. too liberal and yeah, we're way, yeah. way too conservative and then yeah. so there there was this one especially disgruntled student who started a blog calling out all of the problems oh boy. among the professors of, of the seminary and he he used the King James language of Balaam's donkey as the name of the blog. Beautiful. <laughs> Balaam's ASS was his uh, was his blog, just telling everybody that they were wrong. Yeah. And he was fun at parties. No, he was not fun at parties at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I There's so many UR questions about this guy. <laughs> I wonder where he is now. Uh, you don't want to know. What else you got? You said, said three things I wanted to ask about the prophecy itself as it relates to... Well let me too, yeah so. let me
1: say this and then and then you can and then you can say that. Yeah the only yeah. other thing that I had written down here that kind of stuck out to me and was interesting was just the fact that again like I I've read these oracles before mm-hmm. I, you know I know Jim you've been a committed like Bible reading follower plan follower for a long time like yeah. I do the same um in in different plans or have over the years so I've certainly read through numbers more than once mm-hmm. um, and have read these oracles more than once but it never the connection never s- struck me before that the the content of like his oracles mm-hmm. are, are just like the Abrahamic promises huh. they're the covenant promises of God they're not just like rando even just generic mm-hmm. like promises of like I'll be with you or like you're safe or like right. I'm here to provide for you yeah. which are all like really great and good things mm-hmm. um but but they're even, they're more specific than that. I mean, they're yeah. related to descendants and land and special relationship to God as him as their God and, and, and Israel as his people and and then the and then the kingship one um, mm-hmm. as well. So I thought that was really interesting. That just the content of those other three oracles and then the fourth, which is the one I preached on, yeah. are all reiterations of the Abrahamic covenant to this new generation that's emerging from the old one
0: as they're dying off in the wilderness. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And then we have the messianic prophecy itself. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Beautiful. It's nice language. Yeah. And you had mentioned, and I wouldn't have known either way, this was considered a messianic text long before the time of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. According to the commentators, and I didn't like obviously quote from that, but there were some, there were some quotations. Um, yeah. Th- so there were, uh, yeah, Jewish, um, I guess you would call it like intertestamental period, mm-hmm. uh, like Jewish interpreters. Um, yeah. That, that held this to be messianic and and I would assume some still do. So yeah, yeah. it was long held to be a messianic prophecy, um, even outside of, of explicitly Christian circles. Yep. Um, which isn't always the case with some of these like Old Testament allusions. Um, yeah. Like the first one you did, like Genesis. Right. Three, the Proto Evangelium is not considered by everyone to, to to be a messianic prophecy. So. For sure. Uh, but this is one that's pretty universally accepted by yeah. Ju- Ju- Jewish and Christian. Right, interpreters.
0: And, and there's some consensus too that there's probably some sort of reference back to the Genesis 49.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would assume. Yeah, because again, this is a. If in all of these oracles, in many ways, like Balaam through God's Spirit is looking back to those promises in Genesis, then mm-hmm. yeah, this would almost and certainly be, um, not, a, yeah, like a retelling or a, a restating of that, yeah, of that Genesis passage, which where, where the, um, the imagery of the scepter is in both, right? The star is different, mm-hmm. and obviously the language otherwise is not identical. It's not a quote, but, right. um, uh, but the scepter language specifically yeah. is arising, yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. And this, this was the passage that I almost didn't add to this mini sermon series, but I did in part because I needed four <laughs> sermons. But but yeah. I the what made me hesitate was that I felt like maybe this is a little too redundant from yeah. from Genesis chapter forty nine. But you did you did a great job of not just restating the, from 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 previous time, and it reinforces things very well.
1: Yeah, it probably would have been redundant if you preached on both yeah do you know what i mean yeah uh, i mean maybe not i mean obviously like you're skilled enough to have you could have built upon maybe your sure. previous sermon had gone in a different direction but in some ways yeah. like having you preach one and me preach the other yeah it, it lessens the uh redundancy factor yeah. as long as we like listen to each other's sermons, right
0: yeah <laughs> and if if i had preached on Genesis 49 and Numbers 24, front and center is an order that they would be, hey, I don't want to say the same, f-. like, yeah, it would have yeah, been challenging yeah. to get my mind out of one set of headspace to, to another. And Eric, as we muddy the waters here, one of the things that I appreciated was the skill by which you connected all these questions of joy to this sermon, mm. even when it wasn't, like, this is not a passage about joy. Yeah, right, right. And right, but the the challenge there is making it organic and making it feel like things connect and that the passage itself still speaks to this yeah. context that you're bringing in. And if you do it skillfully, it's great. If you don't do it skillfully, there's the, why was he talking about joy? Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you, you made it work. And I, I loved how you started both Qualitatively and quantitatively in the sermon introduction. Yeah. Talking about how Hey, Blue Christmas. I, I did send you a video of a yes, performance of Blue Christmas from Esbury Park later. Yeah. Later that day. I got it. My so, wife
1: was very confused. <laughs> we were sitting on the couch. I forget what we were watching, but we were sitting on the couch and the you know phone buzzes and I look at it and I'm playing it and she's like, What are you watching? I said, oh, Jim sent me this. I was like, what is that? I think like, I think it's Blue Christmas. Right.
0: Like, okay. Yeah, like, like a shaky, shaky cab yeah. way back at a dingy music club. Yeah, that was great. We'll have a blue Christmas without you. So yeah. So and you talked about that qualitatively, but then you brought some nice statistics and and polls and that sort of thing too. To yeah, to, to make the same point from a different perspective.
1: Yeah, which is fine. Which I can talk more about that, or we could <laughs> or we could save that to the next section. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was yeah, it was fun. I forget exactly how I ended up stumbling upon. Those they the kind of the springboard for those came from a Gospel Coalition article that I read in preparation for the sermon. Um, that might have just that might have been about joy related to, to Christmas, um, or or maybe maybe it was just about like the topic of wilderness mm-hmm. and that kind of. I can't I can't remember, but i had found it and read it. And those stats kind of jumped out at me, so I started. You know, there was a lot of stuff hyperlinked, obviously, in that yep. article. So I started clicking on all those and kind of, you know, was on all kinds of like websites and Gallup's site and you know all these other sites, reading some of the some of the primary sources as well for the for the stuff. And it was fascinating. It was really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, and like what I said in the in the sermon, like those statistics about happiness or, or mental well-being being connected to like church attendance yeah like doesn't prove everything like that doesn't solve everything that like, there's not a silver bullet there of, yeah like hey if you struggle like deeply with um anxiety or like serious mental health issues just go to church and like don't take medicine or don't go see your counselor or, yeah. like i mean you know so it it doesn't it's not a silver bullet like we advocate for all of those things um but but still, nonetheless, fascinating, um yeah. again, kind of going back to the power of God's ordinary means of grace, that like man, he really does seem to like move and work mm-hmm. through these things and um and potentially some quantifiable ways, yeah, um and I was also more excited to share those things because they did come from a university of Chicago poll and a Gallup poll and not like a Barna poll, oh yeah, um, so like there wasn't like a Christian uh pollster or like a Christian um group that was putting together these statistics. Like Do you they mean
0: specifically were, at the end of the sermon about... Both. That? Okay.
1: Yeah, but both ones I shared at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like... A, and, and I'm not accusing Barna of, like, setting up straw men to, like, knock things down. I, yeah. I mean, I think they're reputable as far, well, as, I think I, it, as, far as I understand. But it feels it nice. it's a
0: credibility bump a little bit. Yeah, it feels
1: nicer to be able to quote from, like, Gallup or Chicago, University of Chicago, not just, like, Barna. Right. From your own tribe sort of situation. So, yeah. No, I, that was yeah that was um yeah, that was interesting, so it was fun to to bring that in and it it felt it felt appropriate for um for the point of the yeah. sermon,
0: yeah, you had me thinking, and you talked about how God commands joy for us the I've said this before in sermons about I think it was preaching on anxiety at some point within the past couple of years, and uh I made the point uh, hey. When Jesus says, "Do not be anxious, that's a command. Yeah, <laughs> And you know, it's not a magic bullet that makes all of our anxiety go away just by recognizing it is a command. But I think in the course of the, the Christian life or my Christian life, I would do well more often to remember that Jesus commands me not to be anxious so yeah. that I can identify, Diagnose, try to work through it sooner rather than later, as opposed to just being like consumed by it. Similarly then for for joy, God you can't fake it, but still God commands it. Yes, hey, this is which speaks to the goodness of God. Like God Yeah, God is for us, He loves us, and it's gracious of Him to command joy for us.
1: Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, that's good.
0: So be joyful, everybody. Just do it. <laughs> and and then one of the main connector pieces, it seemed, Eric, from the world of the text into the world of what we're thinking and feeling was connecting wilderness to gray zone. Oh, to, yeah. to, to tell me more about the it's it's upside down when it comes from mark sayers because he's in australia but, that's right yeah but, it's like the toilet flushes the opposite way is that right or whatever supposedly I, yeah I I'm, I'm, I'm still i've never
1: been to the southern
0: hemisphere <laughs> um tell me about gray zone
1: yeah no i mean yeah and I, I i don't know if i could say a whole lot more like expound upon it a whole lot more mm-hmm. than um than what i said in the sermon that's about my understanding of it from having listened to him on his own podcast a yeah. couple of times but but yeah just this idea that like as a not only as a culture, like, American culture, because, I mean, again, he's coming from Australia, or even yeah. as a Western culture, but, like, as a as our whole world. Like, we're in this transitional period of centralization to decentralization. And I believe also a part of the gray zone, too, is he talks about, like, America as, like, a Western superpower to, like, the superpowers moving east. I think it's right. also part of his gray yeah. zone framework and, and paradigm. Yeah. That, um, yeah, we're just in this crazy time where um we're sort of caught in the middle of you know you go back maybe to like 70s 80s 90s things felt pretty stable like in a lot of these areas yeah. and then at some point in the future they'll feel stable again in like a different way right but right now we're sort of in this um this fluctuating unstable inst- anxiety inducing place yeah um where people are people and groups and tribes and countries are sort of like grasping for power and positioning and um, all these things. And so it's kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know if I can say much more than that. It's a very stimulating and interesting uh, concept that he puts forth. And um, it, it seems to explain explain a lot, though I can't claim to uh, understand it or be able to run everything in the world or everything in like the news through that framework. But, yep. you know, he even talks about supply chain issues and all these like fuel prices and all these things all right. are like connected <clears throat> to like this gray zone idea is like things are shifting and Yeah. And it's kind of nutty. So, yeah, man.
0: Yeah, you've you've heard me joke before that sometimes I wish either I was a pastor 40 years before now or 40 years after now. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz Yeah. Gray zones, gray zones kind of hard.
1: Yeah. I think I don't know if I told you this or not, but while you were away for a few weeks, mm-hmm. I took a um I took a a one day away You had
0: mentioned to me that I think it was like yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you were going to do that. Yeah, so, that. I,
1: so I went to um, I went to Dalesford Abbey, which is in PA, and um, is a, a Catholic spiritual center. There's also um, some priests that live on site there okay. as well. Um, but but it's also just used for um, day retreats, longer retreats. Um,
0: nice, predominant,
1: predominantly uh, Catholic, but but others are there as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but lunch is included. Like, you give kind of a donation and you okay. get like a room for the day and like lunch is included. Oh, so it's nice. a nice little, yeah, it's a nice little deal. Um, it's a little bit of a hike from here. It's maybe like a little over an hour, okay. like with traffic, like in the morning. But what was for lunch? Was like, I mean, I won't say the food was like unbelievable. <laughs> okay. I mean, there was like salad and like chicken fingers and like right. there was a soup and, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like unreal. But okay. um,
0: one star on Yelp.
1: Yeah, go on. But i was probably not even on Yelp. Uh, <laughs> but the um, but I ended up at a table with three uh, priests that were visiting for a multi-day retreat. Um, from shoot, where were they from? They were from like they were from somewhere MPA. Um, okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm blanking. <laughs> um, anyway, but but one of them was an older guy, like nearing retirement. And the other mm-hmm. two were closer in age to you and me, like 30s, 40s. Okay. And, um, so quite young, very Sorry. young, very young. <laughs> and at one point, those two guys went back into the cafeteria to get some more food. And I was sitting there with just the older guy, and he explicitly said to me what you just said. Basically, oh. he said, I don't want them to hear this, but I am very glad I'm not a young priest right now because it's just really not fun. Yeah, like it was way more fun like 30 years ago <laughs> or whatever, With just you know, because he was just telling me yeah. about how, thanks, you know, Padre. Yeah, right. you know. But he was just telling me about how you know their uh, their parish has you know closed churches and yeah. had to consolidate and they had to close their school and now their attendance you know got cut by COVID after clo- even after closing all you know so just you know it's just discouraging yeah. a hard time right um, but um, but yeah but but in this gray zone like leading institutions like whether it's the local church or otherwise it's just like it's kind of wild it's tough yeah. it's hard
0: yeah huh. the wise old priest. Yeah. I wish he wasn't right, but I think that he is. Yeah. Do you you have other stuff in Money in the Waters?
1: The only other thing I was going to say about Money in the Waters, you hit on a little bit already, which is that I didn't get much into kingship because you hit on it. Yeah. uh, Last week, like I listened to your sermon while I was on a run. Um, maybe on Mondays, like early in the week yep. Before, as I was starting sermon prep. And I thought, oh, that was all pretty good on kingship. Like I don't <laughs> feel like I need to hit on any of those sure. themes again. We'll let that be. That seems to stand alone. So I, I just sort of – I didn't ignore it. And honestly, it was one of those things where like I wasn't even tempted to go there because like the the way that I was kind of led yeah. in into the passage, like yeah. it just kind of led away from that anyway. Right. So I didn't really try to avoid it but felt good about that. Uh, and then I was going to say too – um, the structure came together for this sermon really easily, and but I explicitly used a structure that I've never used before, but I had always wanted to use, which was really fun. Exactly. So, um, so I had two points, yeah. uh, but each point was like a, co- a combining of two points. Uh, this comes from, I think he's a homiletics professor. I forget where, what's his name? Paul Scott Wilson. Okay. Um, so for both points uh or or yeah for, so for the first point that God leads his people into the wilderness it was uh like trouble in the text and then trouble like in the world mm-hmm. so i talked about like wilderness in the passage yep. and then like wilderness in our own world
0: yeah
1: and then the second point that like god speaks through his word or reminds us of his word or his promises or whatever my second point was yeah um is like grace in the text and then grace in the world um nice so it's sort of these like four points um that is sort of like his. I don't know if it's his like primary outline or it's an outline that he developed or I don't know. Teaches, I guess, yeah. in his homiletics course. Uh, but it was one that I always thought was really intriguing. But okay. like, it doesn't. Not every sermon like could fit sure well in that way. And this one just sort of fit like in that way. Just kind of say like, oh, wilderness, and we're in the wilderness. Yeah, and God speaks, and then He speaks to us. You hmm. know. So I, I kind of had this outline in my back pocket. I had wanted to try it before, but I hadn't had a chance before now. But I was okay. able to.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm meeting tonight with. Or and Scott Flovin, who's preaching at Liberty Collingswood for his first time in January. And it's going to be my basic, or the title of the document is Jim's Thoughts on Preaching. So it's going to be the download. I might add that from yeah. Wilson Scott Paul. <coughs> Scott Paul Wilson. Yeah. Paul Scott yeah. Wilson. Three,
1: three first names. What a crowd
0: pleaser. Paul Scott Wilson. Huh. Do, you, do you think he's like P. Scott Wilson? Or is it like a Southern thing when it's like the double first name? Or P.S. Wilson. P.S. Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. Okay. So you got options though. That's fine. Good stuff all the way around, and let's pop the hood on some of your references that 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 you were using. You mentioned we've been talking about Mark Sayers already, yep. and some statistics, Gallup yep. University. Of Chicago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why don't you start with the stats and then walk through from there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a. I don't know if I have much more to say on that than we than we said um, already. But yeah, pulled them from a Gospel Coalition article and Mm -hmm. kind of jumped in. Yep. To the primary sources Um, from there. Yeah. One of them that I referenced, like I like I ended up joking just off the cuff, was from 2006, the year that I graduated high school. (laughs) Um, So that was an older one. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Yeah, but 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 just fascinating that I think these statistics and uh, one of the polls came out in 20, I believe, 17. might have been the University of Chicago one. Or no, maybe it was a different one that I just alluded to about how happiness has been declining in America, like, since the 90s. Right. Um, That was from a poll that came out actually in 2017, so pre COVID Okay, yep. And that poll was primarily talking about the fact that there was a big dip in happiness, mental well uh, you know, when the financial crisis in like 2008, yeah. 2009 happened. Right. And the recession there and how, and how those numbers did rebound, but they'd mm-hmm. never rebounded to the level they were like in the early nineties.
0: Fascinating. And then
1: they started to decline again mm-hmm. and then COVID hit and they took another huge hit. So like, yeah. it is like a dramatic, if you look at the chart, mm-hmm. um, that was connected like, like in this, um, in, in the article, the primary source article, I mean, like it's, it's it's a it's a pretty obvious like decline. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. Yeah. But then so COVID like takes a big whack out of that as well, which is like the Gallup and the University of Chicago poll. Right. Um, talk about it'll be interesting. Like I, I didn't I didn't have time um, though. It's something I should do. Maybe report back. Because that Gallup poll is an annual one, so I don't know what their 2021 findings would have said, mm. and their 2022 ones should be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, since it's December. Yeah. 2022. So be interesting to see if that's clawed back a little bit.
0: I mean, I think people are super happy right now. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, expect. like
1: there is no, no issues. I mean, <laughs> I can't even think of an issue
0: right now. <laughs> there was um, the did have I shared shared with you the clip from South Park, uh, the the non-denominational uh, Christmas pageant from from, from the students. Uh, maybe they, they're the the South Park students are walking around the stage randomly, not in any particular order. Uh, Philip Glass is the composer on hand who's this super new age like minimalist <laughs> composer. And so the uh, students are just walking around the stage and there's a voiceover that goes happy, happy, happy. <laughs> and that's the Christmas, that's the Christmas the Christmas play. Yeah, we should try that at, at Collingswood some, some some Sunday, just you know,
1: happy happy. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure Tyler, our music director, will get right on that, Jim. Church
0: <laughs> on Christmas Eve, let's do
1: it. Um, yeah, so so that was really interesting. So yeah, I'll have to go back and see like what the Gallup poll last year, or especially when the one this year comes out, it'll be interesting to see where those numbers are at. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that between when it came out in 2019, when it came out in 2020, that the only subgroup that reported an increase was people that attended church weekly. Um, so really, really, that's never going to go away, even if things climb, climbed up with other subgroups since then but that's really really interesting so that was that was kind of something that um, yeah when I came across that and was just kind of digging into that it was impossible
0: to not to share it's good to you it's good for you (laughs) going to church (laughs) okay okay
1: (laughs) Mark Sayers we I think we talked about that enough already I don't have anything more to say there Um, though you've read the book A Non-Anxious Presence correct? I haven't actually read the book I've just listened to the podcast
0: uh, so it facing leviathan disappearing church reappearing church oh wait no i yeah i have it was good it is in your kindle library i do yeah. know that so. Yep. yep yeah okay all right yeah uh um, good and and that that is where he talks talks about gray zone
1: yeah and, a lot. and 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 like at some point in the book and again like another quote that i saw when i was digging in i read a couple articles from sayers or from other people interacting with the book so i could actually find a couple quotes cuz mm-hmm. i didn't want to go back and like surf through a podcast for a quote yeah um but he talks in the book when he's talking. I think when he's talking to leaders specifically. But he talks about like leading through gray zone. Yeah. And he talks about how like you can't, you can't just like try to like muscle up, power up. Yeah. To get through it, like you kind of have to like rest tr- and trust, like in l- like in God and like rest in Him. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like use that explicitly or anything, but that was part of what I was trying to get across too. Like at the end, when I kind of talked about resting in God's promises, it's like you can't. Yeah. Like, to get through the wilderness and to get through the wilderness well, it's not going to happen
0: from, like, self-reliance yep. um,
1: or self-effort. Like, it's going to happen and just, like, trusting yeah. trusting God and resting in Him and in His promises.
0: Yeah, one of the big categories of his thought, I think, whether from podcasts or, or from those books, is he'll talk a lot about dependence and, mm, yeah. and how finding anchor in gray zone is a matter of deeply depending upon God via the Holy Spirit in deeper yeah. ways because... The gray zone itself is not giving us the resources to get through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was – I was trying to get that across a little bit, but I yeah. know that's part of the book as well. Um, yeah, the other quotes that I mentioned um, explicitly – I'm not sure how to say this guy's last name. I don't know if you know who this guy is. I don't, I don't know if it's Walter Wangren, Wangren or if it's Van Grant, like if it's a W, if a V. Like I really don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never heard it pronounced. Yeah, I've just seen it. Yeah. This is why podcasts like don't work well because I don't know. <laughs> There's <laughs> so many like names of people yeah. that – you know, you read them and you don't ever say them out loud. So you have your own like rando pronunciation in your yeah. head that's like not accurate at all. Right. So anyway, that guy.
0: I can also guess what what he would have been made fun of with.
1: Yeah, it's not ideal. High school. It's not <laughs> ideal. Um, maybe he's smart enough. He just skipped high school and just don't have to worry about it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that quote. Um, that was the that was the one. I'm, I'm gonna. Pull the difference
0: up. between shallow happiness and a deep sustaining yeah. joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the one where. Yeah, I just thought that was a really fascinating point and something that I wanted to say too. Um, Yeah, it's not just that we can find joy in the wilderness, but that wilderness seems to be necessary to cultivate joy. Yeah, Um, that was
0: a great point. Great quote.
1: And so, like, his quote really hit the nail on the head there. Um, Hard to not have a good quote when you, like, explicitly, more or less, quote from, like, a book of the Bible at the end there, um, where he's talking about suffering and endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. Um, Yoda
0: says that too. Does he? Kind of. (laughs) He's quoting the Bible, Jim. <laughs> um, James. Um, one, so, one yep. real quick about Wangero, and for whatever it's worth, Steve Persifield, who was the, the Ruf Campus Minister at Texas Tech when I was when I was in Lubbock, Wangero is one of his favorite authors. Oh, interesting, Christian authors. And, and one of the things he says about this guy is that he has great things to say, and he's also a great writer, which doesn't always occur oh. with you know Christian literature or otherwise when i think he
1: also has like uh like christian uh fiction as well he does yeah. yeah yeah so
0: anyway okay
1: yeah so that was one uh and then the other one uh is actually um i don't know how to say this guy's name either smetters M- matt Smetterst.
0: yeah it's another rough one <laughs> i
1: know man i gotta pick different people to quote these fun. guys were picked on a lot I know in I high know. school <laughs> Um, notice for the flow of the sermon, if you go back and listen, I said one commentator for, uh, I didn't even try the last names on these guys in the sermon, so I wasn't sure how to say <laughs> I, them. I, I did, and I just I, moved I on. That, yeah. I just moved on. Right. Uh, it was printed in the front, so right. I wasn't too worried about yeah. it. Um, this, he, he's actually just sort of like a, like a normal pastor guy. This is from a gospel coalition article. Um, okay. a, again, one of the ones that I, I think I read two different ones and and he was the author of one of them. And, and so I just really liked what he said about. How um yeah, joy is not just a mere good mood, a ballast in our boats, anchor in our storms, a movable rock to stand on when the ways of life threaten to flatten us. Yeah. and you know, Jim, and we've said it explicitly over the last year and a half or so, but part of this represence initiative we've talked a lot about like resiliency. You know? Yep. And so I like this quote for that reason, that joy um is something that makes us resilient.
0: Yeah. Joy is ballast is a great way. Is a great (coughs) great way to think about it. Burbank cover tunes. Who's your favorite? Who gives your favorite rendition of Blue Christmas? Ugh, oh, I don't know, dude.
1: You know I'm not good at these things. <laughs> I'm not a music guy like you. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the the correct answer is Elvis. So, we
1: okay. Can do one. All right, fair enough.
0: Uh, do, do you have any other bar band cover tunes? Like um,
1: that? the only other thing is at the very at the very end, I just sort of like alluded slash read slash quoted a couple lines from uh, Joy to the World, which yep. was which we sung yeah. in the service. Um. Not always like I, I've done it in the past. I try not to like lean on it too often, but the whole like it's kind of the old school preaching method of like yeah. three points and like a hymn to, quote, to close yeah. or whatever. Um,
0: I should actually do that more. I like to, I like I like how you did that. Yeah. So and I and Tyler I, Mills I, likes it when you do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And close. I
1: emailed Tyler and asked him. I said, "Hey, man, if you're not already planning on singing this, like throw it in." So oh, I saw that email.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So it was fun. It was fun to do that. It's a great song, obviously, and um, and speaks explicitly to kind of what I was talking about in many ways. So. Yeah, so I just gave a little... But I didn't want to read too much of it, so I just kind of alluded to a couple of lines as I was closing as a wrap-up. But yeah, that's
0: it. Guitar Slim Pickens. Anything? Cutting room floor? Any trivia? Any mulligans?
1: (sighs) I didn't have any trivia for you this week. Okay. I remember last time talking about trying to do that more often. Yeah. Um, So next time, maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, probably like... There was kind of two – well, I have three things written down here Mm -hmm. briefly. Like I I wish I could have talked more about joy and like what it is, like trying to define it Hmm. Um, and could have even have talked about maybe more about its benefits, like when I was talking about um, the fact that it makes us resilient. Like I feel like there's a lot more there you could talk about. Yeah. Um, I remember remember one time listening to – I used to listen to like Jared Ayers, like Mm -hmm. the – the former pastor at Liberty Center City, now Resurrection Philly. Mm-hmm. And, um, former
0: pastor at the former church. The former pastor at the <laughs> former church.
1: Now, and, uh, now a pastor in North Palm Beach. So, That's any, right. uh, any South Florida listeners, go check out Jared Ayers, yeah. First Presbyterian Church, North mm-hmm. Palm Beach. Um, I wish that
0: church were a timeshare. It could be. Like, you know, maybe his house is. We could each take a month at North Palm Beach. I know, sounds yeah.
1: good. Sorry, uh, go but, um, but he used to use. I, I remember hearing him multiple times um, using like a, a sermon outline where he would say something like, um, "like, like what joy isn't," and like "what joy is not," or "what yep. it's not," or "what it is," or "what it is," and its benefits, or like something right. like that. Yeah. And I almost felt like I could have gone in a direction like that this week if I had wanted to. It would have felt too disconnected from the text. I think to not have like a large focus on wilderness. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it would have been interesting, and was interesting to me. Like if I had either like had more time or a second sermon or. If we preach longer than 30 minutes or something, like, you could have dug in deeper to to defining joy and where it comes from or expounding more upon the benefits of joy. Um, So that's just something that, you know, just didn't have time for. But, like, I think would have been fun to talk about um, and, like, do some more reading and and thinking about. Um,
0: I think that was actually the sermon series title when we were in Philippians, Does a durable Joy Ring a Bell?
1: Yeah, that sounds right. I, yeah, we did flipping a while back.
0: I know you love my sermon titles.
1: I do, man. They're <laughs> they're really great. They're really great. A lot of subtitles also. <laughs> uh, sermon series and sermons, a lot of subtitles. Yeah. Um, I spe- speaking along those those same lines. Like I didn't include anything about like what like robs us of joy, which like could have been a part of it too. Hmm. Um, you know, like when I was just doing some research on joy in general just kind of like getting the the juices flowing on the on the topic like a lot of articles about how social media robs us of joy
0: no yeah
1: shocker um so like i could have gone in that direction too you know again like in another world like in another life or another another sermon another church where we preach twice as long or something yeah um but there's a lot on there's a lot of like meat on the bone there too yeah um
0: I'm, i'm picturing like a john piper voice don't let it rob your joy the greatest tragedy
1: <laughs> in America, TikTok. <laughs> That's a good piper voice. Yeah. Huh. There it is. Look at that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> shells. Right yeah, there we go.
1: <laughs> Counting shells. Love you, love you, love you, JP. Um,. Yeah, so I didn't say anything about social media like, what robs us of joy, which you get into, like, idolatry um, and all kinds of other and other things yep. there. But that didn't really seem super – not not that it didn't seem relevant, but didn't seem necessary. But that was something that, like, crossed my mind. I kind of had it in my, like, research document with, like, question marks, yep. you know? And I was like, nah, didn't really. <laughs> didn't go there. Yep. Um, the other thing, and this won't be surprising either, um, like, I just had a ton of, like, possible quotes about joy that I could have used. Yeah. Like, the ones that I landed on. Um, was with, it, I mean, it came together fairly easily, but, like, was with some, like, me- measure of sadness as I was, like, crossing out others. Like, I mean, there was so many. Like, <laughs> listen to this list. I wrote I wrote these yeah. down. I had I had a quote about joy that I liked that made, some of them wouldn't have fit in the sermon as yeah. well as others. Um, but I had quotes about joy from the following people. Charles Spurgeon, hmm. if you heard of him. Yeah. Oswald. Ever heard of him? Uh, Oswald Chambers.
0: Oh, yeah. And... Bathroom reading all around the world.
1: Uh, yeah. Alistair McGrath, Frederick Butner, J- right. G.K. Chesterton, GK. C.S. Lewis, Tim Keller, Jack Miller, and Eugene Peterson. Oh, man. So there was like, there was so much. There were right. so many quotes that I could have used, but um,
0: anyway. So. Yeah, it's all over the place. And, and just to clarify for our listeners, I, I do like Oswald Chambers, but... <laughs> It just so happens that that book is literally in our bathroom, <laughs> yeah, fair. On, on our bottom floor. I'm always worried about like I mean, it's reading. Been re- it's
1: been reprinted in so yeah. many times, like in like the yeah. what do you call that? The mass market paperback yep. that's like really really exactly. cheap and yeah. easy to ha- yeah. have around. Yeah.
0: Are, are, are you comfortable grabbing like a bathroom book and at and somebody else's house? At somebody else, like no. like just a stack of books no. or magazines no. close no. to the toilet? no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Why, why do we even do that? I, I don't
1: here? know. You tell me. We don't have that at our house. <laughs> like, within yeah. reach of what you can reach from sitting on the toilet in our house is only what you need. It's, the <laughs> it's all the essentials.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's keep
1: going. <laughs> that's all I got, man. We're done. So I think that's all I had for guitar, uh, guitar slim, slim pickings. Slim pickings. Um, you know, Jim, there's a five golden things podcast in there somewhere, like top, top five uh, bathroom books or top oh. five
0: you mean top five like specific like books or like top five bathroom accessories including books
1: i mean you could, you could that could be two podcasts <laughs> i guess i don't know i was thinking specifically like bathroom okay. books like right. bathroom specific like reading material
0: yeah Side. i bet Side would be like a that's solid yeah yeah compendium of yeah
1: but yeah top five bathroom okay. literary genres <laughs> reading material sources <laughs> A lot of mag—that's the thing too. A lot of yeah. outdated magazines, like in yeah. bathrooms, which right. is kind of the thing that's kind of yeah. lame. It's like, I don't read this magazine anyway. Why am I going to read this one from
0: like four years ago? Yeah, <laughs> especially one it's, it's like eight inches from the toilet basin. <laughs> yeah, this, is, <laughs> this one's been around the
1: block too yeah. much. This might be too dirty for the recycling. You right. just need to go to the dump.
0: <laughs> yeah, just
1: skip the recycling can yep. on this one. Yeah. All right.
0: We're okay. Uh, so, Helen Wolves, feel free to write in. Post the blues at gmail.com. I'm currently locked out of that inbox. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if, if you emailed this week, hope uh, hopefully you were Hopefully it's not not an emergency.
1: If it is an emergency, <laughs> and, stop listening to this podcast and call nine one one. But we'll uh, we'll,
0: uh, we'll we'll get Pat legal on it, and we'll we'll open up next time. This so we have one more. TPSB, I think for uh, for the sermon next week. I don't think we're going to have one for uh, during Christmas week from church on Christmas Eve. I don't think I'll do uh, yeah. do do a pod after that. Long winter's nap time. Eric, anything else? That's all I got, man. Thanks for chatting. It was fun as per usual. All right, thank you, Eric, and hey, everybody. How was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy.